welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I've seen CSI thrown through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and I'm experiencing these episodes for the very first time. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 22, Evaluation Day. Original air date is May 10th, 2001. Director is Kenneth Fink. Writer is Anthony Zyker. And that's it. The one and only. The one and only. Usually it's Anthony Zyker plus one or two or three other people, but not today. And... I have to admit, I'm immensely curious as to what the Vegas score is, because we're on the Vegas strip for like two or three seconds, and then we cut over to a police chase. So we just talked about how hard Hard it's going to be to hit one, right? To hit one. And it definitely happened this episode. We (laughs) have one scene, it's three seconds long, and it works out to like a 1.2, which converts itself to a one that's so. fair that's fair if we're, or whatever. If we're rounding if we're doing if we're doing rounding rules well and, and there, there's a formula right so there's yeah, like yeah. a score and then there's like a output score so yeah it's it's insanely hard anything over a four total hmm. so if this second scene was two seconds longer or if there were two scenes in three seconds it would be a two which i realize right. now is actually very difficult to obtain yeah but it happened once and you know what that's enough for me I think ones and fives should be super rare. That's fair. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're on the outside of yeah, the they're curve. They're on the outside on the curve, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we have a very short moment in Vegas, and then we go to a police chase, and we're watching this police chase, and they do, this is probably not, I'm going to say probably not, this is not officially the term, but they do like the bump maneuver to get the yeah. car off the road. So they like boop the, the car with their police car. It like, you know, veers off the road. And as they're surrounding the car and telling the people to exit, and I put two girls because I know they're supposed to be like college age. They look so young. Again, Nick and I are like in our late thirties. They they look so young. So I put like two girls in underwear exit. Victoria's the Secret car. girls. Yeah, like yes. Yeah, Catherine mean, refers to them as Victoria's Secret girls later. Yeah, she does later on. You're right. And so after you know, kind of the initial, the police kind of are relaxing a little bit because it's you know two underage girls on a joyride. They have a rookie clear the vehicle. That rookie sees some blood. You know what that means? It's just it was like a weird dollop of blood, and it looked like a metal shard or something. I, I, don't, I, don't I think it was, it was supposed, supposed to be the latch of the the trunk. No. I okay. think is what it's supposed to be. Because we then have Grissom arrive on the scene. Jim Brass is already there. They talk for a bit. They open up the trunk, which is why I think the blood is like right on the like yep. the edge of the trunk. And then there's a head, a decapitated head. You don't see the head the though. Yeah, you do. Do the we? last seed, yep, they, they pan to it right before they pan away. Oh, you're right, you're right, yeah. But they do this whole drawn out thing where he yes. quotes an Ichabod crane. Yeah, they look sleepy hollow. Sleepy, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very grisome moment. I already told him. I think that's the Anthony Zyker of the show. Is that those kind yeah, of those, yeah, grisome yeah, moments? I, I wonder. Yeah, I think he likes those grisome moments. Yeah. I, I told Nick before we started recording that I have a lot of notes for this episode. And there's so much stuff that I left out so that this wouldn't be like a two hour podcast because this was just a very jumpy episode and it was very hard to take notes. So there was a lot more dialogue there. But I was like, what? Well, what's really important is that there was a head in the trunk. Of yeah. the car. We transitioned to credits. We then have... Catherine like walking into HQ. She like drops something off the desk and then she walks into the kitchen. And this Which is where I we didn't learn get the first time that that was supposed her, like, to be her divorce papers. Because then she yeah. brings it up against later. I was like, wow, they really glossed over that storyline. They really did. That was one of my notes. <laughs> I was like, wow, this did not get that much attention after like Eddie being like a pretty big figure in several episodes. Yeah. So she walks into the kitchen. We learn from Grissom that it is evaluation day. 
So man- manager Grissom on the case. And you For guys know people. how we feel about Grissom as a manager. So. If you don't yet, if you're new to this program. You're going to hear it real soon. So, hold on to your butts. Yeah. So we learned that Catherine is going to be with Grissom on the decapitated head case. Sarah is going to be with Nick, which Nick is visibly very upset about. Sarah, on the other hand, excited happy. about it. Look, like road trip. Let's happy let's do it up. She's happy. So we learn that he's not happy because he has been a CSI level three for 11 months and he thinks, you know, he deserves a promotion and he, or like not even a promotion. He's, he hasn't had a solo case. Yeah. He's like, why, you know, like Warwick gets to do solo cases. It's been 11 months that I've been a CSI level three. I never get solo cases. So Grissom and his just wonderful management style gives him a riddle or like a, I don't even know if it's a riddle. It's like a... a vocabulary trick yeah so he says silk 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 and he has like nick repeat him he's like say silk 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 and then he asks what do cows drink and nick says milk because i also said milk because your brain is conditioned to like you know our brains love pattern our brain our brains want to make sense of information and it wants to you know that's just how it goes it's water right cows drink water Mm -hmm. they produce milk somehow this disqualifies him from doing a solo. Unless you're the, like the hood cow, you know, I was like drinking your own milkshake, mm. in the cartoon cows. In the oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So then we also learned that I think this is this should have been the main point, not the riddle. I don't think the riddle was necessary here. Grissom is concerned that Nick is doing all of this for his approval and not his own approval. Like he thinks that Nick should want to become a better CSI because he wants to be like, cause Nick himself wants to be a better CSI and not to impress Grissom, which I think that's a fair point to be like, Hey, this really shouldn't be about impressing me. It should really be about like you being the best that you can be. Pride yourself in your excellence, not in your praise. But, but don't, don't lead with like a word puzzle that yeah. like, don't, don't do that. I'm pretty sure if I did that, I'm a, I've been, I've mentioned this before. I'm a manager at my job. I'm pretty sure if I did this to one of my employees, I get written up like, HR would have a conversation with me. They'd there's be like, a, this is not a fair way to like judge your employees. There's a lot about this scene that would not pass muster in a uh, deposition. Yeah, it's it's very strange. So Chris and Catherine then walk in to the morgue. Uh, Doc Robbins is jamming out. He's like, listen, I don't, I have no idea what the scene is for. Doc, other other Doc than Robbins for, is so cool. So yeah. cool. No, I think the only reason this happens is so that Catherine can kind of seem rough around the edges when she announces her divorce. Cause she's just like, oh, I'm feeling like sharp. Like I can say that I don't like this music because I just filed for divorce. And I'm like, this is a really weird way to shoehorn in that you just filed for divorce. I feel like this could have been done a lot better. So Anthony Zeiker, this is fully on you because you're the only writer. Do do better. This was this was a rough yeah. one. I feel like this was does that music actually belong to somebody's cousin? And we're just trying to get in the episode. I, I you know what's funny? The second time I watched it, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, this has to be like Anthony somebody Anthony Zeiker's like cousin or <laughs> nephew or something. Like I was like, this is so strange and it's so shoehorned into the episode. Like it just doesn't make sense. But we then learn more on par with the episode that the head belongs to Victor De Silva. They're going to need to take like molds to determine like what the weapon was that caused the weapon marks that are on his skull. And in order to get those molds or for those molds to be like best accurate, they're going to have to boil the head because they're going to need to like get down to just the skull. So Grissom and Doc Robbins have like a really weird back and forth about like their preferred way of boiling a head so that they can peel the skin off like wax. I I'm calling 
shenanigans on this because all I could think is like if you're destroying the outside, you're destroying the brain. So at this point, you just have a hole, and you don't have to take a mold of anything. Yeah, I don't. Like the whole point of taking a mold is the is to get an impression of the soft flesh. So I'm not entirely sure what they're they, yeah, they're trying know. to do other than just to have a cool human skull on the table. Yeah, that, that could be. I, and be I like, wouldn't oh, be, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if that was the case. We then go to our other storyline with Warwick talking with Mr. Moore, which is a, a throw. We're having a lot of throwbacks in the last few episodes. I was like, yeah. oh, we're back with Mr. Moore. So we learned that his grandson won't talk to him, but he will reach out to Warwick. And Warwick tells Mr. Moore that there's, you know, a big brawl happened at the detention center and... James, his grandson, is kind of like mixed in with it. Not that he participated, but he was a witness. And now that could cause problems because testifying and not testifying as a witness, both both have downsides, like pretty yeah. severe downsides to them. And we learned that Warwick got himself assigned to the case. So Catherine's not the only one that takes cases that she, she wants. Warwick also takes cases that he wants. So he's he's on the case. We then go to Jim Brass and Catherine with the joyriding girls in the interrogation room. They have no clue about the head in the trunk. This, mm-hmm. is, this is news to them. They're they're very this surprised. Is, uh, this is also the we have a what what I referred to uh, Lauren earlier as probably my most embarrassing spot the guest star moment. Oh my gosh! Oh, this is gonna be awesome. Okay, so and I told Nick I don't have a spot the guest star, so I'm actually really excited yeah. because I I don't have one. So I had to. I had to look up her name, but Carrie Lynn Pratt is the blonde of these two girls. Yes. Okay. And she's been a, she was on a number of like teen movies. Okay. But really the one that I really know her from is Cruel Intentions 2. I never even saw Cruel Intentions. <laughs> never mind Cruel Intentions 2. So, okay. All right. That's a Which, pretty that's a pretty If you were a 17 year old boy in 2000. Yeah. yeah, you probably saw it. Your friends were all like, "You got to go see this movie." Yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. And, I wasn't uh, I wasn't really the target audience for our, Cruel Intentions. Our, our mutual friend Mark and I, I believe, saw it in the theaters. Oh my gosh, too funny. And then I think also probably rented it on Blockbuster home video. Oh gosh, Blockbuster. <laughs> but, so, uh, but yeah, I they they were also in Drive Me Crazy, which is a Melissa Joan Hart movie, which I more know because of the Britney Spears music video that was top of the TLR charts called Stronger. I don't know if I remember um, that. It, or no, no, it's You Drive Me Crazy. That's the name of the song. Oh yeah, the You yeah, Drive yeah, Me yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And there's this whole scene, like Melissa Joan Hart's in the uh, music video. Oh, okay. I don't remember that part. Of it. Melissa Joan Hart, I do, who is, uh, I do remember the from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, of course. And not at all from mostly <laughs> Clarissa explains it all. Oh yeah, the greatest. That's a that's a very ninety uh, show. Oh, it was such a good show. I loved that show. I mean, maybe it could be a terrible show. Like if I watch it now, I might be like, "Wow, this is terrible." But I really liked it at the time. I do have a a secondary embarrassing spot. The guest star follow up. And I oh. think the next scene. Oh, okay. All right. So we we kind of get their their tale of the night. They lost their friends at a bar, so they had no way to get home. So they decided to do shots of tequila. And for our younger audiences, taxis were a thing back then, but like Uber and Lyft were not. So it was actually a little bit harder to like get a ride home from a bar than it is today. There was not ride share services. You'd have to like call a cab, which were pretty expensive. So they end up taking shots of tequila. They meet somebody, they meet a guy at the bar. They end up playing strip poker in his van, but they run away from him fairly. Did they say he looked like, she's like, oh, he looks like. Cat Stevens? Yes, Cat Stevens. I think it was Cat Stevens. I was like, there's no way those girls know who Cat Stevens are. <laughs> is- no, no. 
that's definitely not the that's definitely not the music that they were listening to. So the guy ends up telling them a story about how a woman was like going to pay him to fly out to her to help her kill herself by shoving a tennis ball down her throat. I just so I'm just weird. so confused by this entire episode. And so fairly the girls are like that's scary and so they burst out of the van and there just happens to be like a car sitting out there with the keys in it so they like get into the BMW and they take off and then that's where we get to the police chase. So we then go back to our other storyline with Warwick with and I'm sorry guys you can hear my dogs barking in the background they're wrestling in my living room. Warwick with James at the detention center. James is telling him that like, you know, it's very black and white at the detention center meaning that like you know, you you hang out with people of your own skin color. Like that's that's how it is. Like there's you know, it's it does not mix in, in, in this detention center. We then see a reenactment of the the, the brawl that happened that, that he was the only witness to. So we see a reenactment of that. We then the go... stabbing. Yes. Yes. So spot the guest star moment. Mm. Technically not a spot the guest star on account okay. of the fact that this person has already been on this show. Okay. But a missed spot the guest star from okay. episode three. Yeah. I know James is this guy named Sam Jones who was in like 10 seasons or something of Smallville, which I used to watch oh, religiously. Okay. I knew he's, he looked familiar. He's, he's Clark Kent's best friend, Pete. Oh my gosh. I and knew he looked familiar, but I thought it was just because I've seen him in this show. So it, I don't, I, it was so dark. It was such a, I feel like it was like a weird way it was, that, that they was shot a weird, the yeah. first episode he was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like, when I went to IMDb to see the other person, I saw his IMDb photo and I was like, why does that kid look so much more familiar? Well, he was another episode. It must be it. And then he was walking through the yard and I don't know. It was like that. It's like Superman red, the jumper that he's wearing or something. And so all of like a sudden it just, memory. just triggered that, that, that memory. And I went, wait a second. And I went back to the page and looked it up. It was in like 86 episodes of Smallville. Oh I've, I've seen every episode of Smallville. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, it was like Pete and then wherever Allison Mack used to play. Uh, it was the Clark's other friend who yes. uh, apparently started a cult. <laughs> yeah, she she did some really scary yeah. stuff in real life, not in yeah. the show. Sam Jones, by the way, I looked at his his uh, Wikipedia. He had some troubled life. So he oh. kind of fell off the place for a while. I guess he's back to acting. But Oh, good. Oh, good for him. Uh, he had a he had a weird period in his life, including he was incarcerated for a period of time. So he oh. was reverse method acting. Yeah, reverse method <laughs> acting. Yes. So we go on over to Nick and Sarah with O'Reilly. I told Nick before we started recording that like I, I was going to have words for this episode, and this this is where I have words. So Nick and Sarah go out like into the the wilderness, the Nevada wilderness. They find a body, no head, skinned. Hands and feet amputated. Looks like it was a meteor hit, meaning like it came from the sky. Somehow neither of them thought it wasn't a person. People trained. Oh, didn't realize it wasn't a person even. Right. Yeah, okay. They thought it was a person. People half, trained half to like yeah, I know. study the human body and be like intimately familiar with like human anatomy, saw this body and were like, yeah, it's just a big guy. What movie is this from? Is it is it, is it, is it Boondock Saints or, or I think it was like one. It was like a huge friggin' dude or something. Whatever the line is, but oh gosh, I don't just know. imagine a human like that. They have him on the ta- on the body on the table later. It's kind of like gigantic. Like it's it, it's like at first you think the person's like overweight, then you realize it's supposed to all be muscle, right? 
And it's like insane. Yeah. So somehow they don't, the, the no red flags raised. This is totally normal. We don't it's need to worry about it's it. It's uh, Robert De Silva or whatever his name was. Yeah. It has to, it has to, uh, Victor, Victor De Silva. Victor De Silva. Yeah. So then we go back to, and again, I apologize, audience. This episode just jumps all over the place constantly. So there's going to be a lot of like, and we go back here and we go back here. We're back with Warwick. He's going into the detention, like the detention hall. All of the the juvenile delinquents are like out there kind of like hassling him. He is like, you know, checking out the scene. There's like a sheet covered in blood. He looks at like James's bunk area. He then goes into the bathroom section and sees what I assume is like a red red tinge in one of the toilet bowls and then it re- reaches in mm-hmm. and pulls out a, sh- a bloody shirt yeah. so he's like oh like I kept thinking evidence. there was going to be like a name on the shirt like isn't that like a thing I've seen in prison movies before where yeah that they put their name on it their names on it and that's how he was going to identify who it belonged to and it never no. came up again it did not come up again nope so we're then with and Sarah in the garage they are snoobing for Trace they're like technically snoopy for trace in Catherine and grissom's evidence so they investigate the bmw they end up you know finding some samples which uh, come up pretty soon but before that we are back again with doc robbins with grissom and this is when the body is on the oh, found yeah. body is on the table and doc robbins is saying that you know he's never seen anything like this before in his entire career that all the injuries, this body has like tons of injuries, like so many bones broken. It had to happen from a very, very steep fall. And then he 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 holds on to the the best part for last when he tells Grissom that the torso is not human. I like how also he's like, "Yep, couldn't possibly ever tell you what it was. Yeah, could can't tell you what it the is. List, the list of humanoid looking." creatures it's just so long you're going to need an anthropology expert in here Kristen, who knows a little bit about everything and is mr jump to conclusions yep yep so he just wants to get his girl back in the room That's all. yes exactly i mean his his face lit up when doc robbins was like we need an anthropologist he was like i so, know an anthropologist this is, this is our thanksgiving weekend recording episode. yes we're recording this the tuesday before thanksgiving so it's a little bit of a early christmas miracle for real christmas yeah for real christmas <laughs> We then go to Greg Sanders looking down a scope. We learn that the material that they pulled off the gas pedal of the BMW is peanuts. I thought it was onions when I first saw it. To be it. fair, <laughs> like it, I could see, I can see that it looked like it could look like onion skin. I, I, I made onions as part I of did, my dinner tonight, and yeah, the skin is familiar. I did so, write. I did. Oh, actually, no. This comes later. When we, when we get back to the peanuts again next time, I have a, I have a yeah. funny note. Oh, okay, okay. Which I think will resonate with you. Okay, sweet. So Jim Brass and Grissom arrive at a house. It's like covered in plastic because it's being painted, and they meet a Trent Calloway. He's the one painting the house. He says that he saw De Silva a day or two ago. Uh, Jim Brass and Grissom kind of like you know do some investigating around the house. Jim Brass finds like a ripped up picture, so it's like Victor De Silva is still in the picture, but like yep. the other half has been has been ripped out. And then Grissom finds peanut shells in like the sole of one of the shoes in the closet. So I just wrote in my notes, Texas Roadhouse. I was yes, <laughs> which I'm not sure how widespread a Texas Red House is. I have no idea. Outside the United States, I think it's like New England. I think it's New England and maybe the Midwest. Yeah. So, I'd be I'd be shocked if it's actually in Texas because it's not that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. Texans would be like, "This is crap." For, for anyone 
who doesn't know what a Texas Roadhouse is? It is a sort of chain restaurant. Mm-hmm. They serve like barbecue and they have like yeah. steaks with like a meat display case. But they, they do have, have some of the best cinnamon butter. Yeah, cinnamon oh. butter, bread rolls. Basically, the reason you go to Texas Roadhouse yes. okay. is for the bread. There's usually always a five hour wait to get a table. Yep. But yeah, they have buckets. Like they use the barrels, like they're, you know, in a country western and they fill them full of peanuts and there's just peanuts all over the f- shells all over the floor all the time yep. Yep. which yep. more or less comes true at the end of this episode yeah i don't know if this place is a knockoff of texas roadhouse or if texas Roadhouse is now of this or is this a fictional place homage i didn't look that up but oh i didn't look it up either i, uh, I watched i did my second watch of the episode today yeah, which means like, i didn't do like any research yeah. mike let's see texas roadhouse is headquartered in louisville kentucky apparently okay it's an original I restaurant in clarksville indiana Okay. Yeah. See. Yeah. Midwest. There's yeah. 627 locations in 49 U.S. states. I've really oh. gonna laugh if the one state they're not in is it's Texas. Texas. <laughs> it might be true. That would be amazing. In 29 international locations in 10 oh. countries. So you okay. might even have heard of this if you don't yeah, live in the United States. Our international. We Who do knew? have. We do have a few international listeners. So be curious to hear if you guys have a Texas Roadhouse in your neck mm-hmm. of the woods. So we then go to war with like who we assume is a maintenance guy uh, at the detention center. Yep. He opens up a pipe. Does the pipe have a name? I, I don't know if he knows like, exactly like, which pipes go to which toilets. Cause he, it, he just went to one pipe and like opened the pipe up. Like he didn't, he, he wasn't like, Oh, let me like open up a few of these. He just like went to one specific pipe and like, was like, boop. I feel like he called it something like Marta or Bertha or something. Oh like, gosh. Maybe it's like, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was the second I watched it. I was like, yeah, that definitely sounds like he's referring to it. By a name. <laughs> That's strange. Okay. I mean, but this episode is just strange all around. So that, that would not surprise me. Warwick then pulls out fabric. It's I think it's another shirt or something like that. But what's more important is that wrapped up inside of it is a shank made from a toothbrush. So yep. assault, assault weapon acquired. So we go to Doc Robbins with Dr. Miller, Grissom, Nick, and Sarah. This is when we learn, crazy enough, the body is a gorilla. Because as Nick pointed out earlier how many like humanoid primate primates are there that are like close to us in size yeah yeah like not, not even close to us inside but much more gigantic than us right yes right, like chimpanzees orangutans they're not like enormously larger than humans right right you, you don't really want to you, you don't fight gorillas. you don't want to fight one though you're probably gonna lose oh yeah They'll I mean, rip your chimpan- off. a chimpanzee is stronger than you yeah yeah don't half don't, your weight twice your strength yeah do not do not fight chimpanzees is what we're trying to tell you so we then this transitions us to sarah researching like the bushmeat trade so this kind of like underground bushmeat.com bushmeat.com which don't go to the website. Do not. Oh gosh, no, 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 no! Please don't. We we do not condone I, that website. She kind so, of gets to these websites later, but like when they do get there, all I can think is like this is very much like the internet's new, and we're trying to impress people with yeah, yeah, yeah website yeah. names. And yes. I was like, man, it's been a long time since people have tried to impress people with the with names website of websites. Names, yeah. So Grissom flips on the light. They end up having a bit of a back and forth about Sarah researching you know, spending time on the gorilla case because Grissom is trying to say that, you know, it's not really a case now that it involves an animal and like, oh, we can't research, you know, we can't like investigate every time like a, a dog is hit by a car. Consumer. The incidents approaching have increased in recent years. What are you doing? Working the case. 
What case? The skin gorilla, torso, 40 miles outside of Baker, remember? I don't think that is a case. Well, it was at the start of shift. Crime's been committed. I hate to be the one to state the obvious, but, uh, this isn't a human being we're dealing with. It's an animal. I, and then he basically turns it around on her when she stands firm and is like, oh, I was just testing you. Like, keep, keep researching the gorilla case. Again, yeah. work on your management skill, Grissom. Like, this is just so weird. You're like the kind of guy who would bring an employee on a roller coaster as a form of job evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't come up later at all. That's that's not a, a thing that happens. We then happy. get it. I was happy to see the roller coaster come back in this episode. Yeah, we did. We talked about it quite a bit when it when it first showed up. So we go to Catherine and Nick. They're having a little walk and talk in the hallway, and this is when Nick tries to do like the word puzzle on Catherine, but Catherine solves it. So it just kind of like negates the point like... that he was trying to make because he's like, "Oh, okay, you got it." Never Deep mind. down inside, I felt like Catherine knew what Nick was doing. It was just trolling him that i like, like i would, I would kind of Griffin i would kind of appreciate that. that we then go to greg sanders with work they're checking out the the toothbrush so the the shank we then go to nick and Catherine at a storage facility they find bloody sock prints i started writing footprints and then i was like i had to cross it out and put yep. sock because it's bloody sock prints we learn that the storage shed is registered to victor and Catherine thinks that the victim was killed there. So at this stage in the investigation, Catherine is thinking that he was killed at the storage facility. This comes back up later. We then go to Catherine and Grissom with the skull. So they did manage to, to boil the head and remove all of the, all of the uh, skin and hair and all that good stuff. Catherine gets her evaluation, which is just keep up the good work. And Catherine fairly kind of looks at Grissom like anything else, like other feedback would be great. Like you're my manager, please guide me in the correct direction. They're trying to figure out, though, when it comes to the skull, why someone would use the claw end of the hammer. Because they're realizing that the wound on the top of the head or near the top of the head is from the, the forked part of the hammer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. Catherine then realizes, and this is where, you know, she is keeping up that good work, that maybe this wasn't used to kill him. Maybe this was to try to shove him into the locker that they found him in although in the reenactment they basically it was just used to hold his head really cut his head off i think he tries to shove him in and then realizes that he can't and then is like all right i'm gonna cut his head off so why does he take the head with him they never answer this question because he he couldn't he couldn't fit it into the the locker i think well now that it's disconnected you imagine it probably fits down by his feet or something right yeah that's i mean like they don't really they don't explain it and they don't attempt to explain it yeah i guess they don't it just gets just another uh, another weird thing. Sentimental, this, you know. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, this was a relationship, and this is how he wants to, you know, hold on to that relationship yeah. is with his head in his trunk. So, one of the many loose ends, like, do the Victoria's Secret girls ever get charged for Grand Theft Auto? We'll we don't know. know. We never find out. We'll never know. We then go to Nick and Sarah at Victor's house. They realize that, dis- like, so the shoes that had the peanuts in them were a size eleven. But De Silva shoe size is actually a size 10. So this is where Nick is kind of like, these must be somebody else's shoes, right? Like there there must have been somebody else here with these shoes. And then they they see the work shirt for Spurs Corral, which is their version of Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Or as, as close as we can make a comparison. We then are, Doc Robbins makes a lot of 
cameos in this episode. I'm like, Doc Robbins again, Doc Robbins again. So Doc Robbins is with Grissom and Catherine. The body that they found in the storage facility is De Silva's body. So they've now found the correct body to go with the head that they found earlier. They also learned that his cause of death was not, in fact, the head wounds. He was shot in the heart. Like, his heart was obliterated. Like, it was like a perfect apple explosion. I've never heard of that happening before, but I've seen a lot of things shot at a short point range on YouTube videos, and I imagine it's very possible. I would think it is. So then there is a little bit of discourse between Grissom and Catherine because she hadn't told Grissom that the body was found wrapped in plastic. And Grissom was like, that would be really nice to know because there's plastic hanging up all over the place at his house because it's being painted. So like, it'd be really good to know that the body was wrapped in plastic when you found it in the, the storage shed. You know, you know my response was, gee, Grissom, it would have been really good if you told Catherine, the person who's working this case with you, that the entire house was wrapped in plastic because it's being painted. No, no, no. Everyone needs to communicate with him. He does not need to communicate to anybody else. That's he not how it the, works. He the puts manager. the eye in team. Yeah. <laughs> we then go to Jim Brass and Catherine with Trent, the painter. This is where we learn through, I feel like, way too much dialogue that he has size 13 feet. So he's not the killer. <laughs> yeah. That's all we needed to know in this scene was that he, he, he it's size no 13 asked. feet. Like, they asked, like, what size shoes? Like, size 13? Just look at the size of that man. He's, he's huge. He's a big dude. He's a big You'd dude. You'd probably be like, yeah, no, probably. Can we see your shoe? No, we have to take a footprint. Yeah. Can so I they take a footprint. Him? They confirm that his size, his, his foot size is two sizes too big to match the sock prints that they pulled from the scene. Jim Brass and Grissom are then at said restaurant, and Nick is already there. And there's a moment where Grissom is kind of like zoning out while Nick is talking. And you just kind of hear like Nick muffled in the background because Grissom is like staring at the sombrero that's on the wall. And we realize that the sombrero on the wall is the same one that's in the ripped up picture. So they go to the restaurant manager and are like, hey, can you identify this ear? And he's like, what do you know? And then he looks at it and he's like, oh, actually, I can. Might be my favorite line in the whole episode. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, it's like, can I identify this ear? No, no, actually, I can't identify the ear. Because yeah, that's I the can. most humanistic response ever. What are you talking about? Can yeah, I like, identify no, I can't. I'm not going to be able to tell by someone's ear. What do you think I am? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes? And then he's like, actually, no, that's a pretty identifiable ear. Yeah, they're like, oh, actually, just kidding. So we're introduced to. Fred Applewhite, who I originally wrote down as Applewood, and then the whole rest of the episode, they call him Applewhite. So I don't know if they call him Applewood in the first one and then change it, or I just misheard the first time. But I had, I initially oh, wrote down Applewood, and they kept saying Applewhite later on, and I was like, oh, maybe I misheard. Who I knows? feel like that whole reveal scene, I was confused, because they try to like give you a shot of his ear so that you would yeah, yeah, yeah. visually connect it to the photograph, and they pan out, and he's this like cool guy side profile yeah, yeah. picture yeah yeah and i was like what is this shot that was my only thought yeah i, I wasn't taking so many notes. so many questions around difference. this episode it's the difference between being a prodigious note taker and being me yes yeah yeah i'm like i'm just furiously jotting down notes I'm like what is this shot this is so weird yeah and i'm just like pausing every two directed? seconds to make sure i'm not missing something that happened in the episode i'm like i don't want to miss something we then have Sarah with Dr. Miller. We learn that according to CDC, you know, Dr. Miller has to take some samples, but then, you know, like dispose of the, the body. 
And we learn, sadly, about what they would use, you know, that the, the head would be a trophy and the hands would be ashtrays and the skin would be used to make purses and things like that. And Sarah, you know, wants to do something about this, even though Dr. Miller, like, quickly shuts her down and thinking she's going to, like, find the people who did it. Dr. Miller, like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, they're gone. They're, they're gone. You're not going to do that. But you can do something for me, which brings us to Sarah in the desert burying the ashes. Which, and like a top of a mountain, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's in the desert. It's on the hills. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, there's not a lot of water in Vegas. It's it is definitely still a desert. Yeah, yeah. So we then go to Nick and Catherine with Applewhite. They make him walk and run while they're taking prints. So they like put black ink on the bottom of his feet and then have him walk and then run. This is then transitioned us to Grissom, Nick, and Jim Brass with Applewhite. And I had to make a note here. Because again, there wasn't enough weird things in this episode already. They're interrogating him in the evidence room. Yeah. Like he's not in the interrogation room. He's like in one of their evidence rooms. What are What are you doing? And also, what is, like, what's happening here? You should be recording everything he says because he definitely admits to the crime yes. during the scene, and now it's literally your word against his. So so strange. So they're letting him know that it was his footprints at the at the crime scene. We learned that he was Victor's partner. We also learned that his fingerprints are on the plastic that Victor's body was wrapped in. We see a reenactment from Grissom's point of view about what he thinks happened. And they ask him, like, why did you run back in? You know, like, after you put the head in the car, why did you run back in to the storage facility and, like, leave your car running outside? Like, why would you ever do that? And he says it's because he forgot to lock the shed. So he ran back in to lock the shed. So Victor... You're not a, I mean, no, not Victor, sorry. Fred, you're not a great guy, but I'm, I apologize if you have ADHD like I do and you do that all the time. <laughs> I mean, really, if he didn't take the head with him, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't he would have just mattered. just got his car back yeah. from the two girls who stole it. Yeah. He could have been like, yeah, I was at the storage shed. I forgot to lock it. I ran back inside. I'm like, why didn't you report it? He's like, it was, he probably like, it was late. I need to get home. Yeah. Yeah. They were probably be like, oh, you were probably drunk. You don't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could pick your car up at the tow lot. <laughs> right, yeah. So we then move to O'Reilly and Warwick with Ronnie Connors, one of the other juveniles at the detention center, who maybe has my favorite line from this episode. He's like trying to act all tough, like I'm with the Crips and I'm, you know, like I'm this big tough guy that like runs, runs the macaroni. show. Macaroni. I'm the macaroni. Yes. I know how much offspring I have up in here or something like that. He says, what? Uh, what? That was not slang when I was a kid. This but, is definitely um, old white guy trying to write a street character. Yeah. You know, I, this is painful. This is legitimately painful. <laughs> so, but it's Ronnie. Ronnie's the one who did, did the stabbing with the, with the shank and RC. Warwick lets James know that he doesn't need to testify because there's like there's enough evidence. So you know he's he's off the hook for having to testify because Ronnie RC's DNA was like all over the blade because he used it to shave before he used it to stabby stab. Mm-hmm. So which we all know means that you uh, no one else could possibly have made yeah, a shank yeah. out of your razor blade. Yeah, yeah. Also, no. totally glad that they just let them hold on to their razor blades. I'm not sure why he needed to turn to a shank at all. You could definitely just kill someone with a blade in your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, yeah, and then and also most importantly, in prison, if you don't testify, then they let you go. They don't care that you may or may not have been talking to the police officer. 
Yeah, only, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only if you testify. Totally if you testify. That's, that's the only problem. The only time they hold you accountable. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Potentially narking to the police. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only that's the only time. And but Grandpa enters and they have a nice little like hug and reunion and it's very sweet and very cute and I think very well acted. So I I will give both actors credit on that one. That I thought this was like a really touching little scene between them reconnecting. John Beasley. And then who I we believe go... was a spot the guest star in that episode, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't. I think I think I just said it like he looks like I've seen him in a million things. Yeah, I, I think that's I what don't, you said. I don't, I don't think I don't thing. think we had an official spot the yeah. guest star with him. I don't. I don't know a thing that he was in. Like, I and then we we go to a scene that Nick has referenced with Grissom and Warwick on a roller coaster, and that's Warwick's evaluation is. Yep. You're you're good enough for me to take you on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think how he holds handles the roller coaster determines whether he becomes a CSI level three. Because oh, as far right, as we know, one? actually, no. Did, no, he is. He, he, got, he, he, did, he did get promoted. Does it go up or down? Does it go level four or level two? Who oh, knows? Gosh, I don't know. We'll don't have to remember. find out. Maybe we'll, find we'll out. get promoted again. We'll, find, yeah, we'll find out. What, what level CSI is Sarah again? <laughs> I don't know. Well, according to IMDb, she's none because she's just Saracidal and she's not CSI Saracidal. So according to IMDb, she is zero. But I know we've 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 talked about this a bit already. But uh, Nick, what did what did you think about this episode? As many problems as I have this episode, it's not that bad. It's not winning an Emmy by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) What really? There are parts of it that I really liked. For I think like formulaically, I really liked it. You know, they had like a lot of like this, the interwoven two stories line with the yeah. gorilla. There's a lot of nonsense in this episode. There's so much nonsense. They made it. A, I felt like I kept having to pull myself back into focus. You know what I mean? Like if we if we were recording a podcast and this was like a YouTube video, I I might have not finished the video. Yeah, I might have been yeah, like, yeah. I'm not paying attention to this. Let me go. Yeah. yeah, but because I'm like forcing myself to pay attention to it, sometimes I was like, wait, what did he? I literally didn't realize the gorilla was decapitated until later. Oh, okay. That because I just okay. missed it because I was like, yeah, yeah. Looking you look at, away for I, like I a let second. anything else distract me for a yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second walkthrough, I was like, yep, watch it. I was like, yep, they definitely said it the first time. Yeah. And yeah, I wrote skydiver in my notes at one point. I was like, oh, there's a bloody body on the ground. I wonder if this guy jumped out of a plane. Because there are no prints around. And then I was like, he's decapitated and skinless. Oh, I missed all that. Yep, yep. Nope, it's... <laughs> it's all... Yeah, I assume... I mean, I know this is... You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that maybe not one of your, your, your favorites. No, one of my favorites. No, I think... And and I, I'll also admit that I think having to take fairly detailed notes to kind of guide you know, our recap of the, of the episode through this podcast, when it moves around, I think like when it moves around this much, it feels frustrating Yeah. <laughs> when I'm just like, Oh God. Oh yeah. Okay. And there's, Oh, there's another scene. Oh, there's another scene. And oh, then, there's another scene. Oh, there's another scene. It's, and then the, it's a little frustrating. And then when the episode has other frustrating things, it probably compounds. It compounds. And I will, yeah. I will admit I was a little distracted my first watch through of it so much so that when I watched it the second time, I basically realized that I remembered next to nothing from the Warwick storyline. Like, I was like, this is like me watching it for the first time, almost, even though I watched this episode already. Like, it was a very weird, like, oh, okay, this really did not hold my attention. That whole storyline was weird, too, because they were like, oh, he's 
for that kid that he knows. Remember, there was like the kid he like, yes, the yeah that that got that was got in trouble casino? at the casino. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's was gonna be, and then it's like, wait, you know who this person is too? <laughs> you worked <laughs> that case, Catherine. Or I was like, it was Catherine. It was Warwick, and it was Warwick yeah. and Catherine on that. And case. she's like, this kid yeah. he knows. I was like, you know him too. Yeah, you're like you were there. You were there. Yeah, but, so it's a weird episode. Yeah, I just I don't think it's a worse. Like it's not it's not the playing episode. It's I mean, we've had much worse episodes recently. Yeah, I I agree. I, I'd say I would it's say middling. Middle pack, lower middle pack probably. I would say lower middle pack is is where I would put this episode. And again, one I think, standard deviation below the mean. Yeah, I think I think again, part of my frustration is that when it when they jump scenes so often, it it can be a little frustrating to take notes and I do. I will admit that I think that that affected how i feel about this episode but i definitely could have done one page of notes on this one i spread my notes are all spread over out over an open notebook oh okay over half of the notebook is blank yeah yeah. so So, we'll see we'll see how we feel about next week's episode we'll be back next week uh with our season finale yeah the season finale so season one episode 23 the strip strangler which is the season finale so we'll be We'll be done with season one in our next episode, which is very exciting. And then we have to decide if we're going to do like a recap show or, or what we're going to do. We haven't quite decided. We'll we'll figure that out. But uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You colon a CSI podcast. You can also find us on Twitter slash X, Instagram and threads at Who Are You CSI pod. You can also reach out to us via email at Who Are You CSI pod at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And I know we said this last week, but we're, we're going to say it again this week. If you know somebody who who enjoys CSI, feel free to let them know about our podcast. And uh, we ordered business cards. So yeah. if you ever see us in person, we're happy to also give you our business cards. They're they're en route, which is very exciting. And and we might be able to announce like some places we might be soon yeah. that are fairly public because we're, we're not going like, to invite you over to our house. But if we're going to be in a public place together, we'll let you know and you can come over and say hi to us. So we'll keep you guys all posted, but... Yeah, that that is it until next week. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>